0: January 2020. English entrepreneur and international jet setter Ryan Roth disappears from a cliff top in Bali. While all outward signs point to suicide, authorities across the world suspect Ryan faked his own death to escape mounting fraud investigations. Is Ryan Roth dead or alive? Sources for this episode include the Seminyak Times, the Times UK, the Sun UK, the Bali Sun, the Daily Mail and the Jakarta Post. Hi guys, welcome back to episode 27 of Unknown Passage, a podcast that tells the stories of missing and murdered travellers abroad. I am recording this for the first time ever in the morning. I usually record it at night. Um, so maybe I sound a little bit different. I don't know, but um, I usually release. I'm trying to release them on Mondays and Thursdays, or Mondays and Fridays now, but I just haven't had an opportunity. So I'm recording this Tuesday morning at seven thirty before I get into work. So if my voice sounds a little different, it might be, but trust me, I'm wide awake and ready to talk about this case. Just a couple of quick things before I get into this. Um, This week in true crime, I didn't think that we'd follow up a week with the Golden State Killer pleading guilty to all charges um, with another big true crime news piece in the same week, but um, who knew that Gislaine or... No, hang on. You don't say the S. Gillane or Gillane Maxwell would be arrested. Um, so that's interesting. I never thought they'd get around to doing that, and then she would just fade away. But we'll wait for the mug shot because apparently it's really weird that it's been like five days and no mug shot has been released. And a lot of people think that she was never arrested in the first place. So um, we'll wait for the news on that. Um, another thing this week, I was just looking at some kind of just seeing if there's been any updates in recent cases I've covered and the official search for Eloy Roland, the French student, he was 18. He went to New Zealand to study. I covered him on a previous episode, um, about a month ago. The official search has been called off for him in New Zealand, which is really sad Um, according to his family, they're waiting for a miracle, they said now, because the police in New Zealand, even with the COVID lockdowns and everything, um, and everything being so strict, they've put 1600 hours of searches into looking for Eloy everywhere. And there's just no trace of him, which is just crazy. There's no trace of him where he was supposedly, you know, last pinged to last seen and where they think he is. So, It doesn't look good, but I really hope that when people get out and about again, they'll hopefully someone will, you know, stumble across him. So this week's episode, the first one of the week, um, is on the disappearance slash maybe faked death of Ryan Roth. I read about this when it happened in January. I actually read it on the Daily Mail, which is kind of trashy. And I just thought it was super interesting and Then I never thought of it again until I thought once in a while I will do a fugitive case or a faked death case for something different. And I thought of his story. So I looked him up and I saw that no one has covered his story since the week it happened. Um, There's been no news at all. Um, There was this big kind of thing that he faked his own death and then nothing. And I don't know if that has to do with the pandemic and the COVID lockdown happening kind of less than two months after he disappeared. But I feel like that could actually kind of play a part in whether or not he's dead or alive and if they find this guy. I was going to do kind of two fugitives in one episode, but I thought I'd keep it to one because there's enough for me to go through with Ryan for one episode. Um, but I do have one planned for in the future um, a woman who's really interesting. So um, I'll preface this with saying this is probably my least favourite person I've covered, obviously. Um, I feel sorry for everyone else. I, I don't for Ryan, no matter what end he met. Um, I firmly believe he's out there and so do the authorities. Um, So that's why I'm covering this. And I also thought with the borders all closed across the world, not long after this, who knows if Ryan is out there and not dead, um, he could be stuck somewhere and maybe that's a good thing. So let's get into it. So Ryan Roth. (laughs) Ryan Roth is or was a British national. He was 39 at the time of his disappearance and suspected fake death. So he was born in 1980 and he was raised in the city of Southampton in England. I don't have any stats on Ryan. He's not listed as a fugitive. Um, he There was just kind of investigations into him at the time of his disappearance. There was no actual charges. Um, so there's no kind of Interpol listing or anything like that. But what I can tell you is Ryan is good looking, very good looking um, in an Instagram influencer kind of way. He has dark brown hair, um, a bit of stubble. He looks to be about five foot ten, maybe six foot at a stretch. Um, And he's got really long eyelashes, quite like Daryl Fornitore of the last episode I did, except on Ryan, they're kind of irritating. (laughs) On Daryl, they're not. So Ryan was born in Southampton in England and raised there. um, And he was born Ryan Flynn, um but he actually changed his name to his surname to Roth um when he became a young adult because he thought that it sounded more high society than Flynn which i don't really think so but maybe he was going off the idea that maybe the Rothschilds were a famous rich family in history and i don't know maybe he took Roth because Rothschild sounded a little bit too obvious that he'd taken it He claimed to study law and um, psychology at the University of Southampton. That is on his LinkedIn, um, which is still up, as are a number of other social media accounts. But when contacted by the Daily Mail after Ryan went missing, the university did a search and found that there's no records to any of his names, which is not surprising when we get into lies he told. He once dreamed of being a pro tennis player, but according to his uncle, who's been pretty vocal in the fact that Ryan's a scumbag and he probably faked his own death, he only wanted to be a pro tennis player because it was a glamorous thing to do. He didn't want to put any of the effort into it. And when he was a young adult, they don't say what specific age, Ryan moved to the United States um, in search of fame, whichever way he could get it. So, flash forward a few years and Ryan is, to all outside kind of people looking in, he is a high-flying supposed businessman. He claims to do all kinds of work um, as an entrepreneur opening different businesses across the world. He cites London, Singapore, Bali, Tokyo on his social media and website as places where he does business. He was a high flyer, well, at least according to himself, Um, and he was often kind of photographed trying to get in with the upper crust of society at different events. Now, I looked at his personal website um, and it states that he has travelled since 21 and has lived in, quote, London, Paris, Tokyo, Bangkok, Sydney, Auckland and Los Angeles, it also reads, "quote, achieve success in a number of different professions: writer, tennis coach, sponsorship director, event planner, art consultant, investment advisor, curator, and film festival board member." Unquote. And I laugh because he did not like he did none of those things. <laughs> um. It's just people who lie this brazenly. It's it's almost impressive to me because um, you'd need to front some kind of proof that you did any of these at some point in time. So he's got two websites. Um, one's a bit older. It's a WordPress one. It's still um, .wordpress.com. So for such a rich entrepreneur, he didn't pay for his own domain name. But that's still live. And it has literally the longest about me section I have ever seen. If you want to check it out, it's at Ryan ryanrothslife.wordpress.com. Um, it literally goes forever. He's about me. And it's impressive that you can make up that amount of bullshit, to be honest. Um, he's also got a LinkedIn, which is still up, um, which links him um to a number of different businesses. He apparently founded TEDx in Kangoo and Bali, um, which is kind of defunct now. They've got like six posts on their Instagram. He calls himself on his link on his LinkedIn an economist solving poverty, climate change, and building regenerative supply chains, um. So yeah, his Twitter profile says he is, quote, solving global food security. And if you go on his LinkedIn, you can just go through endless jobs that he claims to have had that his own family say is absolute horseshit. Um, he says that he was a global managing director for a hotel group. Um, I'm looking at them right now. He said he was the founding director of the Santa Catalina Film Festival, Um which is interesting because he's got all these pictures of kind of famous actors at this particular festival, but there's no pictures of him. Um, He says he's a presenter, a hoster, an actor in Los Angeles, except when you look him up on YouTube, even just for basic stuff, stuff. There's nothing. He says he founded a global brand strategy group, um, in Hong Kong and in Tokyo. Um, he says he was a consultant for company restructuring and art collection. Oh, he says he's an art curator as well. A lot. Um, he says he started a company called Roth Management Limited, um, in Tokyo. Um, and his most recent one was a brand called Kaboo & Co, which I'll get into in a little bit, which claims to connect farmers to buyers, um, essentially coffee farmers in poverty-stricken areas to buyers. So Ryan scams his uncle, whose name is Sean Flynn, which, spoiler alert, I'm actually doing an episode coming up on a man called Sean Flynn. Um his uncle is pretty vocal back in the UK about Ryan and what he was like, um, and that none of them believe that he's dead. He told The Sun UK, quote, he didn't contact his late mother for seven years until he wanted money. She never had any as she was poor and would try to borrow money for him as she believed he was starving, unquote. So already this doesn't sound like someone who's running multiple companies and is a successful entrepreneur. He also borrowed money from an aunt of his and a grandmother, and he never returned the money. He set up short-lived companies to scam money from people. One really sickeningly has the front of being a child sex trafficking charity in the UK and France, raising money for victims of child sex trafficking. So he'll really stop at nothing. And it's really kind of sick. Now, some use his birth name, Ryan Flynn. He opened them with that, but some use Ryan Roth. Now, he's got an ex-girlfriend. He's got a couple, actually. One will come into play in a little bit, but he's got an ex-girlfriend, Karen, who has done a couple of interviews, and these were like really early on after his disappearance. But she essentially admitted that he was a scammer, but Her interviews sound like she's really apologising for him and making out like he was becoming a better person and I really don't think at the age that she was with him when he was 30 or 35 years old that that was going to happen. She sounds like she's kind of got her head in the sand a little bit. She said that she had had to pay thousands of dollars of outstanding rent to a flatmate that he'd essentially just not paid rent to, who had got in contact with her to recoup the outstanding amount. She had seen him having his car towed and the company, when she asked them, said that it was stolen. They broke up because Ryan was essentially living illegally in the United States. He came out, I think, on a tourist visa for a year um, or less than a year, and then, then just never left, <laughs> um, and was apparently setting up these companies, which if you know anything about visas, it's not at all possible to do anything like that on a tourist visa, um, or any kind of short-term visa. Um, and she essentially, good for her, said she wasn't moving wherever he was moving, so he moved on. Now, one of his scams, now I believe this happened in Australia because he claims to have done business in Sydney and lived in Sydney at one point. One of his scams was in Australia, he sold this 1970s penny um, to a coin collector, to an elderly woman. She paid 8, 000, just over $8,000 for it. Um, and it was fake. So he robbed her of her life savings, which kind of sucks, but she shouldn't have been spending it on things like that. But, um, he said it was something that it wasn't. So he doesn't care about scamming old people either. He claimed to work as an art curator, an art professional, matching curators with artists. He linked a young Korean artist to one curator, according to his ex, and the business relationship ended abruptly soon after that. The young artist didn't want to talk about why, but the young artist wanted absolutely nothing to do with Ryan Roth. Ryan lived in Australia for a short time, and he had outstanding rent owing in Sydney and still does to this day. He left a former girlfriend homeless after cleaning her out of her life savings and he had pending fraud investigations from his time in Australia, which are some of the leading um, investigations that are still ongoing into Ryan and which makes many people suspect that he may still be out there. So now let's skip to January 20 of this year, 2020. Now, Ryan, at this point, he was living in Bali. i don 't have a play by play of his like comings and goings, but he was essentially in the early days apparently of setting up this business that I discussed that links kind of un- impoverished impoverished um, coffee farmers to suppliers now on January twentieth of two thousand and twenty Ryan's belongings were found along with a letter to his ex-girlfriend at the top of a 500-foot cliff at Pikachu Village in Bali. Now, this is not an episode where I'm going to get into the destination. Um, Bali will come up probably on a later episode and I'll get into it then, but because I don't think that that's where he is if he is out there and not dead, um I'm not going to go into Bali really, but it. if you're familiar with it, it's an Indonesian island. Um, it's extremely popular with tourists, very cheap, um, infested with Australians and kind of notorious in Australia for a lot of Australians going there and doing dumb, um, drug smuggling things and ending up, um, being kind of getting the death penalty and being killed through the death penalty. That's all kind of been things that have happened in the last decade or a bit more. So when they found his belongings at the top of the cliff, there's there's pictures and I'll put them on the Instagram. There's his helmet, a bottle of spirits. It kind of looks like a towel, a couple of other things, the note to his ex-girlfriend. Um, it all looks very staged near this cliff. Um, His motorbike was also in close proximity to these things because most people in those areas ride motorbikes and he'd obviously ridden it up to this village which has this 500-foot cliff um, which essentially kind of go, it falls off to the ocean but directly underneath is not, if you jumped you wouldn't land like in the ocean. Um, That's why the police have their suspicions. There was no body at the base um, which has kind of dense kind of forest, um, and trees and things. There's, there was no disturbed trees or bushes where he would have fallen through, um, these areas. Nothing was disturbed at all. Now the head of the search team in Denpasar, which is, um, this, the, I believe it's the capital of Bali. Um, it's where you fly in anyway. His name's Hari Adi Um, Pernomo and he said, quote, we went through all the procedures but we didn't find either the victim or signs of a fall or anyone around the cliff, unquote. The Seminyak Times said, quote, according to officers there were many irregularities concerning the incident. One was that there weren't any of the victim's relatives or friends coming to the location during the search and also that there weren't any signs or marks that someone had fallen at the location, unquote. I'll get into my thoughts on all of that more as we go along, but it is funny because he claims to have all of these connections and colleagues and friends in Bali. And I could not find anyone talking about this guy online, anything on their social medias, on their business, you know, people he claimed to work with, nothing, not even to say that he died and they were sorry about it. So, it, this is a lot about his character or like a lot of people that he knows they don't believe he's dead. The letter wasn't to Karen, um, the ex that I talked about that kind of did an interview and said that he was getting a little bit better, but then she proceeded to go through a million things that where he'd scammed people. It was actually to another ex that he'd been with. Um, I believe he'd lived with her for a short time in Japan. It's to a girl called Alice. And the note read, I'm sorry, Alice, I'm the man you fell in love with, but past things I never did made you feel like I was a stranger. I'll always love you. None of this is your fault. Your old man, kiss, kiss. And you can see that note. They took photos of it and everything. He's got terrible handwriting. Um, it's not, I was going to say it's not his fault. It is his fault, but, um, for someone who claims to be kind of a high flyer and so well-educated, he's got horrendous handwriting, almost childlike, um, and the wording of it is really bad for someone who claims to be, you know, studying at some point, studying law at university and psychology and all these things. It's, it's bad. So the coffee supply chain company that he set up, they're called Carboo & Co., Pretty soon after, so 11 days after his apparent disappearance off this cliff top, they posted a, basically a note on the homepage of their website, which I've been on their website. It's still there. They were stating that they were closing the business. Now this was on January 31st, 2020. And they essentially said, we regret to inform you that Karboo & Co will cease operations as of today. January 31st, 2020. In line with the regulations, we have deleted all user data from all marketplaces of Kabu and Co. As a startup with bold ambitions to change the agriculture distribution system in hopes of more equitable return to coffee farmers, we forged many relationships over the years. We acknowledge and appreciate all of the investors support as well as of farmers and service providers over the last 2 years. So yeah, I'll get into my thoughts on that when I wrap up as well, because it's just interesting that such a successful business has to close because the person who founded it is currently only missing for 11 days. Weird. So his uncle, Sean Flynn, is one of the most vocal proponents of the fact that Ryan is not dead and he's out there. He told a number of publications, quote, that, well, that Ryan was, quote, a serial fraudster living his life on other people's money, unquote. Even Karen, the ex-girlfriend from Los Angeles who kind of saw his scammy ways, said, quote, I wish Ryan had the opportunity to be able to repay and make amends. It seems that he may have resorted to faking his death in order to start over. I just hope he did not end his life, unquote. So even she who makes excuses for him doesn't even buy it. No one is saying, I feel terrible at his loss. (laughs) They're all immediately going to that. His grandmother, it really sucks. He ripped her off so bad and before he went missing, she had written this long letter to him pleading with him to change his ways and kind of outlining how he had screwed her over so bad. Shortly after this, she died and she never got her money back. I just want to read you a bit of her letter um, just to get the idea of what kind of guy this is and why I'm covering him. Quote, I'm worrying for the first time in 70 years. I've had no stress and you have put paid to that. I trusted you and thought that you of all people would not let me down. It took a few hours to get you £3,000 from me. Yet six weeks later, you have not given me any money you owe me. You owe me £12,000 plus. For the first time in your mother's life, she had a few bob behind her in case she was ill any time. You robbed her of that. I'll never forgive you for that. You have made me ill since you took all my money, unquote. So yeah. So now I'm going to go through a few questions that this brought up for me Um, and different kind of rabbit holes I went down when I I completed the research on this last week, um, which I thought were kind of interesting. And I think I'm the only person talking about this since I think the last coverage of this was a week after it happened. And then people kind of dropped it, even though all the headlines were they may affect his own death. So, the first question I thought was, why would you shut down a company like Carbu & Co that is supposedly thriving and doing all this amazing work and has all these business partnerships, literally just over a week after the founder goes missing? Firstly, wouldn't you give it more time? And secondly, aren't there other people to run it in his absence if, it, if it's such a successful business? Now, I realised that the note on their homepage kind of states that they weren't able to keep up with the cost of things and everything. But at the same time, it's just super weird timing. And also, I couldn't find any other staff members anywhere. And I went through a million different ways to find them um, anywhere. I believe that Carbu and Co., in my opinion, was literally just Ryan. And I believe that he posted that to the homepage, closing the business 11 days after he disappeared. That's my personal opinion. So the next question I kind of thought about is he's so tight with these supposed business connections that he has. And if you look through... Especially on the Carbo and Co Instagram, which is still live, um, I've taken a bunch of screenshots of it, and I actually went through every single post that they've ever posted and looked at all the, the comments and replies. Um, I believe that it was only ever Ryan running it, um, and I'll get into why in a minute, but supposedly it's been going for like a couple of years. They have all these kind of glossy photos that I don't think he was ever doing the work on personally of coffee growers across the world. He claims to be opening in Los Angeles and San Francisco. There's no evidence of it ever being open beyond kind of local businesses in Bali Um, and kind of he cites cafes that he's done business with, a couple. I think he probably did a couple of kind of business deals with them to kind of, Build credibility a little bit. None of those people on their Instagrams, and I also went through theirs for their businesses. None of them ever posted. Have you seen Ryan Roth? Um, so sad to hear about you know the passing of our colleague. Nothing. So no one shows up to search. His Instagram makes out like he's networking everywhere, and yet not a soul. And every single person, like who they reach out to for a statement says that he probably faked his own death. No one flies out to Bali and there is no statement from his parents. This could be just because he screwed over literally everyone. Um, or it could be because they're like, that is so something he would do. And what's the likelihood of someone going missing off a cliff and there being no disturbance, no evidence a body ever fell. And that person turns out to be just a fraud. It's just too good to be true. The only people speaking from his family say he's a con artist and he supposedly started TEDx um, in Kangoo in Indonesia. And not a statement from any of their channels on his supposed death from anyone. No statement from supposed partners I found through his Instagram. No one saying he's definitely dead and we should all feel bad. So there's no central thread to Ryan's stories, I also noticed. He. He, I know entrepreneurs kind of dip their toes into all kinds of things, but he supposedly sets up this star studded film festival in California from nothing. And yet he's suddenly passionate about the plight of coffee farmers in impoverished parts of Asia. Like, it's just, it's not believable, especially not from someone who basically lied. You know, from when they were young and lied about basic things like their degree and ripped off family members and changed their surname and never thought that they were good enough, you know, for their own family. They always wanted to kind of paint this different picture. He's so I looked at his LinkedIn and the Carboo Coffee chain website and their social media, which is still up. Both state that they're based in Singapore. Now I wonder if there's any truth to that. Could have been where Ryan went if he's alive, and I'm saying that speculative, speculative, whatever. Um, I'm saying that I'm speculating because I'm just along with everyone else that I don't think he's dead. But who knows? He could have been. But they both state that they're based in Singapore, which is super weird because. Kabu, he was running it from Indonesia, from Bali, Um, and I just wonder if that's where his money was being put through in Singapore. Now, I did a bit of digging, you know, to his still existing Instagram. As I said, I looked at comments who was kind of replying what they were saying when they were replying as Kabu and Co. So some replies were in Indonesian, but I was able to kind of put them into Google Translate and. It, they're essentially word for word. So these replies, I believe, were literally just put in and translated to Indonesian um, to look authentic, look like you had a team on the ground in in Indonesia, in Bali. Some were in perfect English and very millennial speak. So there was one that was like, yes. And there was one that said, I feel you on this. And I really feel like this is very in line with the way that someone like Ryan would talk and kind of, you know, the terminology he would use, especially in the crowds, he's in the areas he's living in in LA, things like that. Many of the posts, the replies to people who commented on it, like good work and things like that, many of the posts that replied were in first person. Um, As a business, you usually say we, if you're a big business, however, um, they were I. Oh, you know, I'm doing great work, things like that. So I think Kabu and Co was totally Ryan. Um, there was very little money in it, but he was clearly taking money from investors like he was with everything else. And the immediate shutdown 11 days after he went missing, if I was him, I kind of would have waited a little while longer to kind of build credibility that they had given it some time before it shut down. But what is the likelihood of it shutting down that soon after? the founder of it goes missing. Um, so that's why I think that it's him doing all that, including putting up the homepage statement that says they're closing down. Now, if they really were into finding him and, you know, people wanted to track him down, I imagine that hackers, and I'm not into kind of hacking, I don't really understand it, but I imagine that they'd be able to do some sort of hack where they could see where an update was done. um, on that homepage when that went live and where it went live from and a URL or anything like that. But I mean, I don't think he's officially being chased by anyone. Um, they have open investigations into him in Australia. So, I mean, if they were really passionate about finding him, there'd be ways to do it. So, Posts also on these Cabo and Co social medias also discuss, as I said, um, opening in LA, San Francisco, there's no evidence of that, that I could find. Um, it also discusses doing business in Vietnam and other Asian countries. Um, and a few of the posts are kind of of coffee farmers in South America, which is kind of weird. Like he's not a good liar because you'd kind of, like I manage people's social medias. And if you're going to be kind of believable. You'd stick to local ones to kind of appeal to people wanting to do business with growers where you're based in Southeast Asia, but he's posting, you know, for coffee farmers in Brazil and Bolivia and things like that. Also looking at Ryan's photos, he can look entirely different with simple changes. Um, I saw a picture of him like at one of these TEDx talks. He's got like way shorter hair. He's wearing glasses. Even little things like that can make him look really different. But when he's just looking kind of like himself, he's got a very kind of Instagram influencer model kind of thing. Like he probably could have pursued modeling. There's been no word of investigation into Ryan's phone, bank accounts, passport, but I also think that the holds on this could be related to the pandemic and the shutdown. I mean, borders have been closed for ages. No one is flying into Bali. Tourism across those places is pretty much decimated. Um, So if Ryan got out, if he really did live and left Bali and faked his death, Um, he would probably be stuck somewhere for a period of time Um, and he probably didn't intend on that happening, but then again, none of us did. Regardless, I think all of these things are worthwhile if they're really interested in looking for him um, because there's no talk of anything like that, but it would be interesting to know which passports he had. Did he have ones in different nationalities? I highly doubt it other than a British passport. He wasn't a resident or a citizen anywhere else. Um, so unless he bought a fake passport, but I assume that he's still kind of living with either the name Ryan or the name Roth. That's my belief. So if he died, his body hasn't been found. Um, and authorities say it should have been. And I believe them because these local cops are fully familiar with this area and a lot of kind of A lot of police in those areas are very laissez-faire about these things. Um, There's a lot of corruption in Southeast Asian countries. So they would probably just write it off as a suicide if they didn't want to make their job harder. But even they were straight up like, no, this didn't happen like this. Scammers like this really sadden me because if they put half of the effort that they put into scamming, into actually running these businesses, I don't understand. The businesses could actually flourish. And that's, that's what I don't understand. Like you can't keep them up, but you could actually run this business, but you're too focused on the scam that the business, you're not interested in that. It's, I find it really strange, but they clearly have a talent for telling people bullshit. So, so do salespeople, good salespeople. So, You know, he could have worked as an entrepreneur if he actually stuck with these different things and didn't just lie. There's no reward for Ryan at this stage. Really, the investigations that are open in Australia for him, things have been derailed by um, the coronavirus, but also he's investigated in Australia for kind of unpaid rent, unpaid bills, and leaving kind of shit behind. He lived in Sydney for a while. There's no Kind of evidence of what he did, but I believe it was for a very short time. Um, So, yeah, that's really this whole case. That's all I have on Ryan, but I thought it's an interesting one to dig into while people are locked down. Our state is now kind of completely locked down from the rest of Australia. Um, So, I really doubt people are looking into international fugitives at the moment or anything like that. But you know, hopefully one day they offer a reward and it might appeal to someone who's hard up, who, you know, needs some money and knows exactly where he is. Um, but until there's an open actual case against him, I don't think they'll be doing that. But I thought it was worth covering his story because he scammed tons of people and just bailed. Who knows when all this is over? They may sue, you know, in the event that he ever turns up and, you know, you could pass him on the street then again, he is very kind of generic looking. So good luck with that. But I also just wanted to add, um, a final thing that just occurred to me on his Instagram. Um, he's, he's kind of username on Instagram is Bodie Roth, which I found was really interesting. I don't know what Bodhi is. Um, I like, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting because it made me think about when people go into the witness protection program, I was reading about it in depth, like last year, just for no reason at all. They usually assign the same first name to the people and the first initial of your last name stays the same. Um, and so I would be like Felicity Lewis or something different surname with the L initial, but I just thought, that makes sense that you'd keep your first name because it's what you're accustomed to. It's what you'll answer to. It's really hard to kind of take on a new first name. But then I was like, well, what the hell's Bodie that's on his Instagram? So if anyone has any ideas about that, but I tried to add him, imagine he added me back. How funny would it be? Um, So if you have any information on the disappearance slash suspected death of Ryan Roth, I would probably direct it to Australian authorities in Sydney because they're the ones who have open investigations against him, but no kind of Interpol listing or anything like that. Um, I believe that they probably just think he died and they're leaving the cases open, but they're open to information. You can also contact the Balinese authorities, I suppose, but they don't have open cases against him thus far. Who knows what could come out against him um, once people come out of the pandemic and maybe people will realise that he shortchanged them in Bali too, which really sucks because these are like impoverished countries. And I feel like scammers like this really kind of tap into that. I really doubt a guy like this with a history like this really cares about the plight of coffee farmers and it's criminal, how a lot of them are treated. I really doubt he cares, has any interest in it. Honestly, I I really doubt any businesses who do this from places like LA or Australia really care um, about people who do that, um, it's all the bottom line. It's all the money at the end of the day, even if they claim to be, um, kind of charity, helping people along the way. Um, but you know, maybe, you know, someone who does actually care about the plight of these people who do these jobs, but at the same time, you can't ignore that they are, they are cashing in on someone else's um, misfortune. And also it made me think, I wonder if he ripped off any of these farmers, you know, of their own money, which really sucks. So follow Unknown Passage on Instagram at Unknown passage Pod. Email case suggestions or feedback to unknownpassagepodcast at gmail.com. Become a patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. I've got four lovely patrons so far. It'd be lovely if you wanted to support um, the show because I'm, I've got a small business and it's been very affected by the pandemic, obviously, like everyone else. Um, if you can't um, the best you can do, which would be just as amazing, would be to leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Um, one of my listeners asked how I do that. Unfortunately, I can't give instructions on how to do it because there's about 25 different podcasting platforms you could be listening to, and they're different on all of them. I can only tell you how to do it on Apple Podcasts, and that's to go to the Unknown Passage podcast kind of home feed, scroll down to where the review part is. Click the stars at like click five stars and then click the write a review and leave a review and submit it that way. I, I don't know how to do it on Android or other platforms, unfortunately, um, but I'm sure you can Google instructions. Um, visit the website at unknownpassagepodcast.com. I have all the episode pages there. I like for each episode page after I do an episode to kind of be a go-to for information on that person. Um, Lots of photos, videos, information about them, the sources for the episode that I've used, um, links even to other YouTube videos that are about the area they went missing in, um, kind of just like a one-stop shop to get information on that particular case. And if there's been coverage of that case in the news and it's available, I also have the videos embedded there for you. So next week, or well, later this week, actually, um, probably Friday or Saturday, um, because you're still as far, as long as this nightmare of a 2020 goes on, you'll be getting two episodes a week. So good for you. Um, The next week, I'm doing a solved case because I haven't done a proper solved case in a while. I did Mike Manschult, who died in Germany, but I'm not marking that as a solved case because I don't. There's a lot of questions in that. If you've listened to it, I'm actually doing a solved case that um, happened in somewhere in South America, um, and it's extremely similar to the disappearance and. You know, ultimate murder of the two um, Scandinavian backpackers in Morocco, Louisa and Marin, in two thousand and eighteen. Now, Louisa and Marin got a lot of world media attention when their bodies were found and their killers were brought to justice. This case is near identical, um, and it happened to two girls in South America who are South American, and. I've never heard of them before stumbling across it when I was looking up solved cases of kind of murdered tourists. Um, and I think it's probably because they're Latino girls, Latinas. Um, and I. it's also an interesting case because they went missing in... It's one of the first cases I'm doing where it's people that went missing within their continent but in another country. Um, so you'll find it very sad. Um, it's probably trigger warning just as bad as the case of Mara and Louisa in Morocco. Um, and there's kind of a lot of social issues that come up in it. Um, feminist issues, um, kind of misogynistic issues that I thought were well worth covering the case to address. And, you know, it's also a new country that we haven't covered yet. So stay tuned for that. Be Friday or Saturday. Have a really good week. Um, And I'll speak to you then. Keep an eye out for Ryan.